Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Natalie. If we haven't met before, I'm the Associate Vicar. And it's my pleasure today to dig into this Hebrews passage with you. Um, I'm going to invite you to keep your Bibles open in case you want to flick around between the verses that we're looking at. But let's, um, let's pray before we go on. Lord Jesus, help us to see you in the midst of these people we're reading about. Through them, help us to see the possibility of you moving within our own lives and the lives of those around us. May we open ourselves to your Holy Spirit so that the message you have from this reading jumps out of the pages into our minds and hearts. Soften us, Lord Jesus, so that we might follow your ways of being, acting, doing, praying, and living. For your glory we pray. Amen. So no need to respond to this question out loud, but I wonder who was the last person that you put on a pedestal? Who was the last person who would have made it into the ticker tape of your life? Did someone's compassion and grace so overwhelm you that you thought, wow? Or was it their creativity and their insight and their wisdom that made you think, oh, that's incredible. Was it the way that they were serving God's purposes that captured your attention? I wonder if it ever crossed your mind to think, I'd like to be just like them. Early on in my career, I tried a lot of times to emulate various different bosses that I really valued until it came back to the crunch that actually that wasn't really helping me in my faith journey. We need to watch out in life for people that we put on a pedestal because in God's world, everyone, literally everyone that exists in the world is created by God. Now there are no super layers of super duper saints and groveling saints, whichever category you might be tempted to put yourself in. I'm sorry to burst your pedestal hopes, but that person that you admire so much is just, well, they're just a bit near. They're just a normal, everyday human. They're a bit near. And so too are the people of our reading today. Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Jacob, Moses, the people who passed through the Red Sea, Joshua and the people who stood with him at the walls of Jericho and Rahab. Yes, we title them heroes of faith, and rightly so, because when their backs were against the wall and God invited them to, they chose to serve God's purposes over their own. Yet still, they were there. They were normal, everyday humans, just like you and me. So let's look together at some of these normal people to see if we can catch 
more of what God's trying to teach us, if we can recognize in our own lives how God is God beside us and get some prompts for how we serve God's purposes in the way we live our lives today. So that by faith, we normal everyday humans can serve as today's heroes of faith. This is important because you and I, we serve an amazing God. The amazing God that works in us has inspired us as a community to a big, bold church vision, to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus, to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. And God would love nothing more than to see everyday normal human beings who sit here in church Sunday by Sunday and those who join us online, hello, you too. If we would all catch a glimpse of his equipping to live our lives faithfully, to catch hold of his call so that his love and power transforms us and those around us one life at a time. In praying through these hero narratives of faith, there were quite a few of them for this Sunday. So I've come up with a little three-letter mnemonic to help us consider the influences that we might want to take into our normal lives. They are A, T, and C. A, T, and C. But let's start with A, which is age. All ages are part of the work of God. Any age is a good age to serve the purposes of God. In different seasons, we work that out in different ways. It looks very different. But there's no ageism in how God seeks to work. Jacob, in verse 21, we're reminded, is right at the end of his lifetime. His eyesight is failing, yet he's still listening for the prompts of God. And as he blessed each of Joseph's sons... If you want to read more about that, make a note. Genesis chapter 48, go back and look at it later, tells us of the narrative of this work. Jacob is leaning into the promise that God will continue to grow those who would know faith. And Jacob listens closely to God. And he gives the younger son the blessing that's normally reserved for the elder, much to the frustration of their father. But that was God's plan, and Jacob was listening. Jacob, as a normal, everyday human, reminds us that we're never too old to listen and follow God. That whatever our age, we can still be part of God's growing of faith in those around us. Verse 22, Joseph also is getting on in years. Don't worry, the younger ones, I'm coming to you in a minute. Bear with God took time to the relay the ways in which God had moved and liberated his people. And it was Joseph he used to share those stories. That line which says, respect your elders, may well apply here. Because it's the stories of the wonder of God at work being shared between generations that lifts faith in us. It grows us. It encourages us in faith. This is part of how God plans for blessing and encouragement to flow between the generations. 
So how can we be part of God serving his purposes by way of intergenerational encouragement? Because I'm not just focusing on the more mature among us, which I include myself in. Never pretend that anyone is too young to be part of God's plan either. Because in verse 23, we hear of the three-month-old Moses being hidden so that he could play his part later in the history of God's people. The wisdom of his parents to notice that there was something of a plan that God had for this child. And not to let fear dictate what should happen is an encouragement to you and I today. We may not have a tyrannical king to fear, but we should never let fear lead the choice of our actions. The parents in our midst, and again, I'm included in this um, slightly challenging 23-year-old story for another time. Um, Moses, in being raised up within his family culture, had no walk in the park. And Moses' parents didn't find it easy. But making choices that aligned with faith was the most profound way they found to parent their child. Now, if you are grappling with how do I parent today in our culture now, then consider joining the Parenting for Faith course that we've got running. But age is no barrier to being part of God's purposes. Young, old, single, carers of the elderly, carers of the young, we can each be encouraged by Joseph, Jacob, and Moses, and his parents. We can each make our lives count, whatever our age, by keeping faithful to God's ways and choosing to serve his purposes in the decisions that we take. And we recognize that that's not easy, which is why in this particular passage, we have two people who were tested, and that's the next in our ATC, age and faith, testing and faith. For if we move on to Abraham and Rahab, both of them faced a test, and chose to depend in faith, in God's ability to come through. Abraham was tested by God, and if you want to read more about his test of faith, take a look sometime at Genesis chapter 22. In short, God was invited by Abraham to take something he loved and was precious to him, his son Isaac. And God invited him to sacrifice his child, Isaac, to God. What a dilemma. It's a parenting challenge that I've never faced. I think I'd be a bit stressed. Yet Abraham was faithful. He did the work of preparing the wood. He got ready for the sacrifice that God asked of him. And by faith and in faith, he concluded that God was God enough to raise his son from the dead if he sacrificed his son. That was his faith. Then we get to see how God decides to be God. Not raising Isaac from death, but instead God puts in place a ram to use 
to sacrifice in place of Isaac. And that was always God's plan. God can and will use normal, everyday humans, like this man Abraham. And there's one thing in Genesis 22, verse 12, that I want to highlight. The fear of God. In that verse, it reveals what we and Abraham needed if we want to follow God's plan and do as Abraham did, to have faith in our God. We need a good fear of God. Not fear as in afraid, but fear as in the right awe of who God is and how God can work. And God can work in many different ways. If you'd like to, please turn a few pages on in your Bible to page 100, no, 1,241, which should be James chapter 2, verses 22 to 26. Because both of our tested individuals are mentioned in James 2, 22 and 26. Both Abraham and Rahab are captured here. Both these normal, everyday humans are also heroes of faith. And they participated in the works of God. They participated in the works that God had planned for them by the faith that God gifted them. Rahab's full story is covered in Joshua chapter 2. But she protects and hides some of Joshua's spies despite being challenged by the king of Jericho to give them up. Now, these spies escape out of her home building down a scarlet cord, which is later used as a sign and as a symbol of protection. It kind of represents Jesus' blood. But if you look backwards, it also represents the first Passover blood that the enslaved Israelites had used to mark on their door so that they'd be safe. This scarlet blood representation of the sacrifice of Jesus reminds us that all are saved. Even the Rahabs among us who think they're not worthy. Rahab and Abraham were normal everyday humans and they faced the pressures for their context just as we face pressures in our society today. But God is always God. He's there with a solution, revealing how we might join in with his plan. James 2.24 reminds us that a normal person like you and I is justified by works and not by faith alone. Without any test or pressure, I'd like to suggest we probably get on with our normal lives and miss the opportunity to join in with the work and the faith that God has in store for us. There's something unique about a little bit of pressure that helps us depend on God differently, to look to God differently. So whilst testing is tricky, it's not something to be avoided. It's something to be honoured and grown through, and lived through. And in the midst of our testing, we look to God and say, where are you, Lord? Just as I'm sure Rahab and Abraham turned to God and said, where are you in the midst of this conflict 
that I find myself in the middle of? Where are you in the midst of me being asked to sacrifice my son? God shows up and is God in profound ways. When we realize we're just normal people living our lives before an amazing God. And finally, in our ATC community. In our reading between verses 25 and 30, I don't know if you noticed, but the people features an awful lot. Moses makes a decision to live beside his community rather than take the opportunity of a life of privilege and protection as the adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 26 and 27 reminds us that he accepted a life of disgrace and a life of perseverance alongside the people. It was Moses' choice to accept in faith the way of sacrifice and suffering that all normal, everyday humans beside him were facing at the hands of Pharaoh. And it's the choice of our writer of the book of Hebrews to highlight in verse 26 that this choice, this action, this work done in faith was done by Moses for the sake of Christ. The message translation phrases it this way, he, Moses, chose a hard life with God's people rather than an opportunistic soft life of sin with the oppressors. He valued suffering in the Messiah's camp far greater than Egyptian wealth because he was looking ahead, anticipating the payoff. And that payoff is eternal life with Jesus, eternal hope, eternal love, which is to come. And it comes to us normal, everyday humans, a bit nerd as we are, God gifts us an ability to have confidence in him. That's what living by faith looks like. And we're better at it when we do it in community. The people, the community of fellow believers were no special category of God's creating. As they stood beside those walls of Jericho and worried about the coming battle, or as they were pressed between the Red Sea and the growing dust cloud of an Egyptian army, you and I would have fitted well in the midst of them. You might feel like you're being pushed into a battle or boxed in with no obvious way out. Whenever you and I recognize that feeling, we share something with these heroes of faith that the writer of Hebrews has written about. We get to wait and see how God will be God in the midst of our perseverance, our battles and our worries. We might connect with those people who walked around the fortress of defense for seven days, intimidated by the height of the walls of Jericho and the breadth and depth of them. And if you and I share anything, we may share the capacity to be overcome or intimidated by the situations and circumstances that we find ourselves in from time to time. Yet those normal, everyday humans walked for seven days. They were the same ones who'd been wandering in the wilderness for 38 years 
because of their disobedience. Very much like you and me then. They walked for those seven days by faith. And God was God before their amazed eyes as the walls fell. Just as the sea parted at the will of God being God to let the enslaved Egyptian Israelites escape. And last Sunday, if you were any of the services where Chris, our curate, preached, he kind of came to a bit of a conclusion in his sermon. He recognised that the heroes of faith passages are a reminder for us to have hope. Hope in a God who is God. Today for our community, as much as he is a God for the people that we read about through the pages of the Bible. God is God to these people, and God is God to you and I. So what are we to do with these reminders of hope from Hebrews 11? How do we engage and connect with them today? We need to remember that they are simply normal, everyday humans. People are people, and God is God. So anyone that you've put on a pedestal, take them down off their special high chair and put God up there instead. Our reading of God's everyday normal humans reminds us that God will use us just as he used them. Regardless of age, God can be God right in front of our eyes. You might feel like you're too young, too old, too busy in the midst of life to be involved in what God is doing. Our scriptures today teach us that's not so. If you're a busy parent, God will help you find miracles. If you're more mature in years, you can listen with the best of the heroes of faith. If you feel like you're too young, remember that babe of four months that God had great plans for. He might have great plans for you too. You might be feeling tested like Abraham or Rahab. If you feel tested, remember to take the hope from verse 17 home with you, that we rise up in faith and allow God to be God in the midst of our trials. Or you might need to pick up the reminder that faith works within a community of ordinary people like you and I. Within that community, like Moses did, we can choose the way of sacrifice and perseverance over our own will and our own way. We get the excitement of seeing God remove barriers and boundaries that we face in his timing, so they won't always be instant answers, but we have our own everyday normal human stories of witnessing God being God in our midst, like the video that we watched from BBC earlier on. And there are some simple ways that you could join in with what our community is up to this week. Join the LICC meeting on Monday. Have a look on our webpage if you want more details. The menopause evening on Thursday. And guys, you're not excluded from coming to that, right? Okay, you need to learn as much about it as we do. Yeah, fair enough. Um, or you can join our sanctuary concert on Saturday. But I wonder what of this scripture story 
God has used to touch your heart today? How are you hoping and praying for God to be God in you and the people around you in 2024? Because once you hear your prayers answered or get to witness God being God before you, you'll know that you're joining in with our vision to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. So before we do anything, I'm going to invite us just to some silent listening time with God. Um, and then I'm going to pray. But listen out. Is it age? Is it community? Or is it testing? That's the thing in your life at the moment. Do you recognize in those heroes of faith something of your own life? Is there something that God's encouraging you in? So let's just take a minute whilst the band quietly play and then I'll pray for us. Jesus, help us to put you on the pedestal of our lives. Help us to listen for the ways you are asking or testing us as we try to serve your purposes. Give us the words to rejoice when we have the honour of witnessing you being God around us. God being God in the midst of our normal everyday human lives of faith. Come and stand beside us, Lord God, day in and day out. And may we, in whatever way you have willed it, know you to be transforming us and the people around us with power and hope and the knowledge that knowing you brings to our lives. Come, Lord God, help us to be the normal people you've created us to be. And may, witness, may we witness you being a glorious, transforming God in our midst. Amen. Amen.